This is Lost in the Groove. Where we have really awesome and meaningful conversations week after week. Things that matter to you. So it's kind of where we've seen what's been going on in society. We've been seeing this constant oppression of just insanity. I mean, it's, if it's drugs with homeless, it's, you know, the black and Latinos problem. You know, it's drug crimes and and drug trafficking and then illegal people coming in and then it's people shooting up buildings. And then on top of all of that... You have this war on drugs, and it's it's fucking huge, and it's just ready to burst. Yeah, it's uh, it's been going on quite a while, and I think people are seeing through it now. I think I think the tide's turning. Do you think it's turning in a way where? They have more control because reality is we live in a world of consumption. So, I mean, look look at cannabis. You know, it became now a, a market of consumption. You know, how how much shit can we cause these poor innocent farmers to work any higher? Higher, so you know, we'll put them on welfare. Don't worry. You know, they break a leg, fucking a. You know, we'll get some government agent to come out there and we'll give them a nice good check. I mean. Can we possibly eliminate that? Just possibly have where it's a private sector and not the government sector. I don't know how true that would be currently where we are right now. In terms of, of cannabis in particular or, or plant medicines in general? I mean, plant medicine in general, cannabis is a great example because it's been on the market already for so many years. And we've seen kind of the progression. But I would say this would apply to any legalized drug. In the substance, one bullshit crap that was, yeah. I mean, we all know. Yeah. So, do we want? To, are we getting into it straight away now, or do we want to wait? Or because I've got a few things I can share. Or what? I'm up to, up to you. Um, I mean, I'm gonna wait for him to uh, to message me. I don't. I don't know. I think I think the best way is to we'll just start off. You know, kind of yeah. uh, here. See. This is how it is. Ah, oh, here he is, man of the hour. I I didn't ask you, by the way. Where where are you from? Mind me asking. I'm from I'm from the Wales in the UK originally. Wales. Yes. Oh wow. United Kingdom. Well, I've not been there for a while. <laughs> no, I've. Um, it's interesting because when I went to I went to England. A few times, and I lived in Israel for quite a number of years, and uh-huh. my exposure in Israel was people from Britain, but not not South England. It's not you know like they're they're too posh to be <laughs> in Israel, you know, um, <laughs> but more like Northerners, people from Scotland. Yeah. I met somebody from Manchester, and I don't want to be one of those people. It took me a long time to to understand him. It's just because it's so thick. Yeah. It's so thick. Well, it's funny. My, my wife's from Oklahoma. And oh, when wow. We watch like a Brit, when we watch a British movie, 
I, I, I have to translate the movie when there's someone like with a thick accent, she's just like, what's going on? And I'm like, <laughs> speaking English, but it's often I'm, I'm the humble translator in those situations. <laughs> oh my God. I, it's kind of odd. I, I remember I was talking at work, uh, you know, cause I've picked up some English slang, like, you know, fag and trolley and, you know, you say sweets and, I was telling a friend of mine at work, I'm like, when you ask for a cigarette, it's called a fag. You know, can I have a fag? And he's like, a fag? He's like, doesn't that mean gay? And I'm like, yeah, but that's what they call a drag in the UK. And he's like, but why? And I'm like, you're asking me, the American, to explain (laughs) English slang. But it's, once you get like, once you get the gist of it, it's just English. At the end of the day, it's just a different way of. Um, I'm gonna say, doesn't Wales have? It's Welsh. Wales has a language called Welsh. Yes, it's is uh, it, is it widely language, spoken? Celtic language. Sorry. Is it widely spoken? And if you go like quite deep into the valleys or quite quite deep into the countryside, in some places, it's still quite. I'd say adamant at speaking, quite proud. But for the majority of the population, English is the is the main language. There's still, you know, when you go there, you have the signs in English and Welsh. But it's it's a, I would probably say it's probably a dying language. Hi, hey Mike. How you doing, man? I don't think he can hear us. No. Mm, no. All right. Sorry. That's all right. So, um, just for for starters, how did you exactly get into all of this? Into ayahuasca? Yeah, specifically. Yeah, we, uh, well, I was, I was heavily addicted to a lot of different substances and I decided that I wanted to start moving away from that. And I started to, cause I was addicted heavily from many substances from a very young age. And I was ready to, to heal whatever it was that was causing me to be addicted, to be high every day. And I, I heard of ayahuasca and I got into ayahuasca and that took me on a journey. Had a very, very profound ceremony experience. And that took me on a journey where I ended up leaving the company that I built and traveled to India, Nepal, and then came to Peru to study in the Amazon rainforest with my teachers. And then ended up continuing to work with ayahuasca and other plant medicines. And then, yeah, was facilitating retreats at another place and then started our own own company and continued just to heal and evolve and, and bring the medicine through in the way that, that we feel is true to us. So it's interesting because I had an ayahuasca experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, it's kind of, it's very vague for me, but it was, I grew up in a cult community and I found on Facebook, a ceremony was taking place in Jersey and I drove out and it was in a tent in the middle of nowhere and they had like a bonfire and, okay, maybe you can explain this to me. Did you have where they had these long pipes they were like blowing into and there was like smoke they kept on like kind of blowing this kind of incense into the room 
Now, in the tradition that I've studied in, the Shipibo tradition, they work with Mapacho a lot, which is which everyone has their individual small pipes. So that is something that is the Shipibo tradition, but no, not the long pipes that they pass around now. So long pipes would be like South American native tribes, like the ones well, that have not, survived. I'm not even sure if, if the long pipes is more of a North American thing, perhaps. I'm not, I'm not sure. At it least was, what I've experienced here has been, you know, the pipes are kind of small individual pipes yeah. made from wood of, a, wood of a particular tree. I mean, it's kind of weird because what I remember was from the Navajo Nation, but I remember vividly was ayahuasca because for, what happened for me was they did it was to find your spirit animal, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like where your subconscious becomes your conscience. So you're kind of lying there, but you don't know you're lying there, mm-hmm. and you're kind of asleep. But you're not really asleep. It's kind of we'd say lucid. Would lucid dreaming be a good term for it? What for the for the ayahuasca experience? Experience itself, itself yeah. I think it's I think is more real than a lucid dream. Not that a lucid dream is not real. I think that with the ayahuasca experience, you're very much more in touch with your body. And I think the the lucid dream aspect it can often be very much not really connected to the body. So I say that was the difference is yet the ability to navigate realms. I could say that they could draw a similarity between that to a lucid dream for sure. I I think it's interesting because. You mentioned you went to India and, you know, you were traveling around. I had where – I went to Israel for four years. Mm-hmm. I just picked up my bags and I moved. Um, it, it In a way, people don't realize, but these substances, they're not, you know, dangerous and they're going to murder you. What they're basically doing is they're saying, here, you have the opportunity to do something in your life and you're shoving it away. Why don't you do something about it? Make the time for it, you know? And people think, like, you're nuts. Like, you're giving up your job? You're moving? Like, what What the hell is wrong with you? But it mm-hmm. makes sense to you because in the long run, you're gaining so much out of it. But nobody can understand it. That's the problem. Well, I think that's mainly because there's so much false sense of security that is imbued within the idea of the career of the nine to five, the 401k and all of this other stuff that keeps one a prisoner in their own life. And when people start to escape it, just like in the matrix with the woman in the red dress, the agents then turn around and start to attack the person who's leaving. So it becomes difficult to leave, but many people who are ready, they just leave. It's incredible. Hi, Mike. Hey, I finally got in. Sorry to keep you guys waiting. No, no you're not keeping us waiting. We've just been jamming away. I've been getting it's, him into the groove. You know, this yeah. is, this is well, how it we sounds do it. good, man. I, I feel like I've missed so much. Nah, we wouldn't like you're watch. I'll like five minutes, <laughs> 10 minutes. Not even. Nice to meet you, Mike. Same here. So, uh, whatever you guys are talking about sounds good, man. How uh, can I get in on some of this? Uh, so we're talking about ayahuasca. So funny enough, I didn't even realize this. We both have an ayahuasca experience. So we were kind of going off again because it's kind of hard to get ayahuasca, especially here in the States. So not everybody has the ability uh, to have that experience. But in a really cool and funky way, uh, we get our listeners to kind of understand what goes on behind you know, our minds. Because here's the thing. The way that politicians, the way that the media looks at it is, 
you have a man that just did shrooms or mescaline or, I don't know, fucking uh, San Pedro or whatever that shit is, and he just, like, completely rerouted his entire life. Like, what the fuck is wrong with him? But the thing is, that's what we need to do for self-healing or self-goal, whatever the fucking shit you're doing it for. But they don't understand it because they're not in your head. Oh, that's why it's a great opportunity to talk about it, right? It's always a a great opportunity to talk about uh, what's going on behind the scenes. I mean, one, you know, that's the beauty of it too, is though we have, let's say millions of different experiences around psychedelics, a lot of them positive, um, though they're all different, the outcomes are oftentimes, um, I think what's overlooked is that like the outcome is generally very positive for every individual with the, with the purpose and the desire to, uh, to do whatever they're doing. Um, it's really incredible. Um, so how did you guys dive into ayahuasca then? Um, well, you know how I got into it. I don't know how, how did oh, you was get it? Oh, into- you guys were just exchanging stories about yeah, ayahuasca? I don't know. How did you get into, I mean, you said you, you got in touch with the tribe, but like what exactly, how did you get the whole process started? I mean, you don't have to go into too, too much detail, but um, as much as, you know, you feel comfortable sharing. Are you talking to me, David? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I came down here to to Peru to study particularly, to look at uh, a course to be able to continue drinking ayahuasca. And after having very profound, life-changing experiences, knew that I wanted to go deep with it. But I knew that the place that I would, I'd started drinking when I was in Europe although it was very profound for me, I could tell that, okay, I want to kind of go to the heart of this and I really want to go to the source of this medicine and the teachings and the wisdom. And and I, and I came and I, I came here and I studied and I did a 10 week, 10 week stint in the jungle, drinking ayahuasca three times a week, uh, dieting different plant medicines and learning how to hold ceremony, learning how to facilitate ceremony and, and healing a load of pain, suffering, and trauma. And then subsequently just decided to stay here because I knew that this was a, a very long path. I realized that I was just getting a glimpse of the part of that healing path. And it's not something just to jump in and be, okay, great. Now I know how to work with ayahuasca. I realized and recognized this is okay. This is a, this is a vocation. This is a training. This is a life path. So immersed myself in that and along the process dissolved a lot of the identities that were held up in the Western world. And from that letting go of many identities created a fertile soil and ground, which from where I I met my wife uh, and we started our business and, and restarted a life that's in, I would say, pure alignment with our beings. Not all the time, obviously, there's, there's improvements, there's recognition of where we where we can be more aligned, but the intention and the essence of the work that we do at Casa Galactica with my wife and serving medicine to, to other people and helping them heal and evolve is feels like it's in a pure alignment with my soul's path, which is which is incredibly fulfilling, which was not available to me in the West, which was a main part of me being addicted to so many substances. It was because I was completely out of alignment. But I do have a I do have a quick comment on, on what you were saying with regards to plant medicines and and what that stigma is with the, with the kind of the West or the politicians or the kind of powers that be that don't really empower that as a, as a, as a path. I think there's been a great job 
from the mass media, from misinformation, which has framed psychedelics, plant medicines, or other psychedelic medicines, they've framed that picture as it being a minority group of people who are rebels, who are people who do not abide by the law, who are vagrants or whatever you might want to call it. And they've labeled that as that, which has been a bid to hide the truth that working with plant teachers with working with plant medicines is for you to create a direct, very, very tangible, direct experience of oneness, direct experience of the divine, direct experience of your own truth, direct experience of activating your own blueprint, direct experience of the reason why you are here on planet earth. And that's dangerous to the powers that be, which is what's now beginning to crumble. I mean, here's the thing in putting it also simple is big pharma doesn't like to be pushed. Mm -hmm. They don't like progression. They like to fuck you. Oh yes. They really like <laughs> to fuck you. And psychedelics gets in the way with their plans. So we got to get rid of them. I mean, if you can cure, you know, that, that, that would scare anybody, anybody's business model. Um, but, you know, everything you said, you know, the, the discovering self, discovering purpose, discovering um, your, your blueprint, your, your and, uh, ultimately your origin, right? Why are you here? Uh, all of that speaks to me, man. It's everything I've personally have gone through uh, the last uh, five years or so. And it's, uh, I can imagine the, uh, the road you've, when you said down here, I thought to myself, wait a minute, you're still in Peru. So this is correct. You're still in Peru. Yes, I am in Peru in the Sacred Valley in a little town called Pisac, where we have our retreat center here. And yeah, we live here. We live, work. We do our online work here. And we, we have our 10-day ayahuasca healing and evolution retreats. And yeah, we this have is... a Peruvian business. We, we're all in. We don't plan to leave anytime soon. Uh, this, is, this is our home. And this is, this, is, this is the place where we're able to provide a platform for people to, to heal, to, to really dive and immerse into a 10-day program, which can change and transform life. And we, we aim within that period of time with the plant medicines to help plant many seeds, which will continue to grow and blossom when people go back home. So it's not about a 10 day experience. It's about how can we help people heal and evolve and awaken, catalyze their own experience of evolution in that period of time. So that when people go back to their home countries, go back to where it is they come from, those teachings, those awakenings continue to evolve and integrate into day to day life. So it's lifelong lasting changes. And that's just to, a stark contrast to the kind of idea of what many people might have of psychedelics, of plant medicines in particular, and when people still call plant medicines drugs. And many oh people say, God. oh, that's a drug. I yeah. said, well, it's, it's actually, it's, it's two natural plants combined that have incredible healing properties. Um, it's a chemical, the only way you could call it a drug chemical. really would be if the, 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 the um, pharmaceutical companies would want to try and turn that into something that was a pill or something like that. But here's the thing. The plant medicines have spirits and you cannot manufacture a spirit in that way. Pills, medicines, antibiotics, in, which in many cases have great purposes and can save lives, have consciousness, but it's not the same intelligence as a plant medicine. That's what you cannot replicate. That's what cannot be mass produced. That is what's the natural innate intelligence of source consciousness that's available through these plant medicines that everyone can access and people are beginning to wake up to. I mean, yeah. 
I mean, I my- totally agree with that. It's uh, through through a lot of my psychedelic experiences, the oneness that I feel with all things that are alive, and it's uh, and it's so profoundly like in your face. It's it makes you so aware of it. Um, uh, when you say like the the consciousness of these plants, it's it's very real. They are alive, you know. Um, and when you combine them, they can do these amazing things. We've we've talked about this before. Okay, I learned about this, and I I was watching a video. There's a, a mycelium fungus, okay, that the Japanese metropolitan system used. They created this plan of the whole metropolitan where all the subways are going, and they put peanuts. And at the beginning of the trial, this mycelium fungus was making this whole mess. But then hours later. It created an entire map, working together as a team, creating different channels, and redid the entire subway system in Japan, in Tokyo, and did it better did it than better, how they originally had it designed. Yeah. So it's, it's a chemical reaction where we realize that on a subatomic level, that these, they're not drugs, they're medicinal plants, they have intelligent reactions between each other think about it psilocybin which is part of mycelium it's part of the whole fungi it's an insane chemical reaction to create such a molecule as psilocybin that's how but that's how amazing plants are though you know i love plant sciences because there's just so much that uh that still needs to be discovered, but because there's no profit behind it, there's, um, then there's no motivation to pursue it oftentimes. So what do you guys think is the, the most important next step for access to these plant medicines on a, a larger scale in some places like the US or, or, or the Western world where they're, they're currently not available and they're currently actually criminalized and that would be the first step, I think. Decriminalize, uh, you know, uh, recognize it as uh, as it having medicinal properties, and then uh, seeing places like what you have. Uh, so this is a service you offer in uh, in Peru, right? The ten day retreat, yes. um, and uh, and as you mentioned, uh, skills that go beyond the ten day period that uh, that can be uh, everlasting throughout life. I mean, it is a it is a lifelong journey. Even the the study that you have taken on is a lifelong journey, and you've accepted that it's not uh, it's not um, just a few years and like okay now I know everything, but decriminalization, the acceptance, and then find and then places like yours, like for example, you beginning to decide to expand into the U.S. and offer those services here. That would be that would be a, an inevitable next step as well. Of course, it could go the other way, right? So we have uh, many companies that want to create um, medicines around this, um, around plant-based solutions. And uh, some of them are semi-successful, some of them more. But if those likely come to market and they're effective, like uh, being able to kind of uh, gain success in, in, in like the type of service you're offering might be a little bit harder here in the States. But that's what I think. Decriminalization first. I, I, the way I see it is, and I, I, I'm, I'm kind of, and I'm a believer. I'm a toker. I'm a believer. And <laughs> the, the way I see the world is, the system is crumbling. 
we see it right in front of us. The education system is crumbling. The health system is crumbling. Everything yeah. is crumbling. I see this because I work, unfortunately, I work in the system. <laughs> Fuck me in the ass. But anyway, I see it. People are like, we don't give two shits. Go fuck yourself. They don't want to have a piece of it anymore. Old elderly people. We're not talking about people that are young. We're talking about people that are much older. They're like, fuck the system. We're done. We've had enough. So, well, especially since they've seen what it was like, you know, 20, 30 years ago. Exactly. They've been watching it change. So mm. way I see it is <clears throat> once the system that we have completely crumbles, which it will in the next 20, 30 years, what are we going to do when we need to rebuild? How are we going to rebuild it? And hopefully with the knowledge and the way that we've had good private companies that actually give two shits about this planet – might have the power to work together as a team when everything crumbles to create their own stronghold, to give us our right that we deserve, which is government doesn't belong with our guns. They don't belong where we do our drugs and they fucking don't belong <laughs> in our houses. OK, those are three fucking rights we as American citizens in this country deserve to have. I don't know if I would if I would want to give that much power to corporations, you know, once uh, everything crumbled. I to, again, I said know. I said private businesses yeah. that are run by good people that are actually trying to make a change. For example, over here, Michael, he has a private business. He's actually helping and trying to make a difference. You want to call it a corporation? That's a that's a different demographic of businesses. Talking about real businesses that give a fuck. Stay tuned, stay tuned for my election, twenty twenty four. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> you guys have experienced the state of oneness through psychedelic plant medicines, right? And I, I truly believe that when people be able to access this in a safe, trauma informed environment, and I'll talk more about why I think trauma informed is important for people stepping into this, especially for the first time. I don't think that everybody needs people to help and guide them through plant medicine experiences, but I do think it's very beneficial at the beginning. Just like I said this the other day, it's like when, when Neo was being found, he had Morpheus to help him to recognize he was the one. And when he realized he was the one, he didn't need Morpheus anymore. Love the Matrix. But that, love the that Matrix. bringing, bringing that, that teacher or that environment, that guide to help people step into their own truth can absolutely help catalyze that process. And just like with Morpheus and, and, and Neo, Morpheus was able to show Neo, hey, these are the kind of the pitfalls. These are the things you need to be careful of. This is the things you do. Believe in yourself. And the whole time, the whole time, Morpheus was not saying, I'm your shaman. Morpheus was not saying I'm your guide he's saying you're your guide I just believe in you and that's what we need as teachers that's what we need as guides that's what we need as facilitators of these plant medicines to be able to help people recognize that they're the point of this is for them to recognize that the power is within them the power is not within the plants the power is partially there but the true power is in with, within one consciousness so helping using that framework to recognize that these plant medicines are tools they're not the saviors that's going to save the planet they're going to help us recognize that we don't need to save ourselves because we're already free when we recognize we're already free we don't need any help from any governments we don't need any help from all these rules and regulations because we'll have one heart one mind how many years that's going to take i don't know but the point here is if we can begin to expand plant medicines in a way that's safe, informative, and effective, just like if you look at like therapy, like 40 years ago, who was doing therapy? Who was actually saying, I have feelings and emotions that might actually be out of alignment with my truth? Now fired. you look, it's commonplace. Sorry, what you say, David? You'd be fired. 
A yeah. lot of jobs would fire you if you went to a therapist. Probably. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> still in the military, still in the military, if you say that you're having mental health conditions or that you're having trauma from all of that, you, you lose your job. That's why people are not able to process this until they, they've left their, their military positions. And the more that we can make this available, and I think this is an important step. Again, I've already just kind of preempted that I believe that everybody is their own teacher and everybody should have access to that in the way eventually. But I feel like a potential pitfall for us moving forward collectively is two things, two, two side points. One, where it's completely regulated and it's just like licensed cl clinicians that are able to perhaps provide these medicines because we'll completely suck the soul out of that spiritual component and the ability to do that. But yet that's going to provide a safe environment where for the most part, people are probably not going to get re-traumatized. And on the other side, you've got complete deregulation where you might have people going out without the right level of experience or trauma-informed environment, and then perhaps have re-traumatization or psychotic breaks or episodes, which will create bad press, which will then further push back the legalization because it'll give the powers that be to say, see, we told you this is not safe. So. In, in my experience, the, the facilitation, the training, the making aware of the set and setting and framing the context of the work of these powerful plant teachers in a way that can help people heal and evolve, and then just setting guidelines to be able to help people do that in a gentle way that's going to help people have spiritual transformation evolution without creating backlash because people are having psychotic breaks. So I think that trauma-informed care is something that is paramount. And I also think this to anyone who's out there in the government that may even find this podcast for one reason or another, or whoever's out there, the more that this is pushed underground, the more that you create the environment for re-traumatization, the more that you create more of a black market for this by pushing people underground, the more risk that you actually create to people because we need to create conversation. We need to create trauma-informed care. We need to create channels for people to be able to access this to heal the traumatization of collective societal trauma and individual trauma and then the resurrection of the individual who is empowered to trust themselves. Yeah. I mean, you know, you said before, and here's the way I, I see things. I don't like somebody to tell me what I put on my burger. Mm -hmm. I don't like that. It's my burger. I want to put whatever fucking shit I want to put on that thing. And when it comes to healing, I'm going to say this to anybody that's listening to this. It's what you need for healing, not what your grandma told me, not what your teacher told you, not what your fucking principal told you. It doesn't matter who told you. It's what you need. This is the fear. It's like, oh, you don't know what you need. You don't. I know what you need. I'm telling you, I know what you need. <laughs> and you come with the knife. Works well, you, doesn't you know, it? You know, you sneak walk. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> it's been working for decades oh, you know yeah. and and i think uh i think they realize just how easy it is for people to kind of like go with it and if it's your primary right your caregiver your doctor whoever's prescribing you drugs and uh helping you stay healthy uh you know like there's no one questions it and um and even today you know if you question it your your doctor in any way they they get uh they're almost butthurt about it 
Like you're quite, you know, you're questioning my authority. Yeah, how dare I mean, you? You know, how dare you? Seriously. Yeah. Uh, I mean, everything you were talking about, Michael, about um, the, in you know, the many ways to approach this. It sounds like you have a solid plan. It's it's you know, it's really airtight. It's covering a lot of areas that uh, that would be of concern. And you know, the question for me becomes like, well. Do the politicians even care enough, even if they were listening right now? Like, do you guys care enough to want to do this in the right way? Or, I mean, there's a lot of good news surrounding it. So that is positive. I mean, there it's are, probably going to it's probably going to be. We, we started. I personally have seen this. There are people that are creeping into the political world. They're not politicians. They're radicals. They're protesters. They're believers. These are people that they have no problem getting on live stage saying that shit doesn't work. It's not going to get fixed. I'm telling you, doesn't work. Everybody's telling, no, no, no. We're, <laughs> we're, shh, we got you. We're here for you. Vote for me next year with my vice, you know, my my vice prime. I don't know whatever fucking shit they make up. That's crap anyway. But that's what they do. So maybe in a way what Michael is saying is we might end up in a world where the idea of a politician is more of a symbol of the past. Like in the future, they'll look at our medicine as prehistoric. And we, you know, we can only hope it goes that way where we get some very serious people like radical in a good way, not in a bad way, you know. Um, but uh, at least that can uh, th that can really accelerate the process. Right. Instead of looking at uh, uh, there was something that you had painted earlier, Michael, like what that, you know, you were saying, how long could it possibly take? You don't really know. I mean, it could take centuries. Right. Uh, as uh, humans are so they can be so difficult, uh, so stubborn and the laws don't help. And generally the laws are governed by people. Yeah. So I, I can I can paint another another picture of that, perhaps to to paint a, a deeper portrayal of the benefits of what plant medicines have had in my life. I was addicted to substances from 12 years old. Uh, I was depressed, anxious, suicidal, suffering, which I now know from PTSD, uh, trauma, depression, never thought I'd make it to 30 years old. Partied, was DJing, had no regard for my physical health. And I had a great time along the way. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. I, I didn't have that much zest for life. So I just thought I'll enjoy it and, and not care about that point. My mother died about six years ago and I saw death in the face and recognized, okay, perhaps, perhaps there's something for me to look at here. And I started to recognize, okay, perhaps I do want to start moving beyond addiction. Perhaps I do want to perhaps live a little bit of a longer life. And I started in meditation and very short after I started in meditation, there was a synchronicity that brought me to ayahuasca and I, drank ayahuasca in one retreat setting. I stopped smoking, drinking, all drugs. And I saw that the life I was living was completely out of alignment. I left my company. I traveled to India, to Nepal and found myself in Peru, met my wife and started a healing company and live a life, live a life in, in what I would say is a deep alignment with my soul's purpose to help others heal and evolve. I didn't think I'd make it to 30 years old. I'm 34 years old now. I went to therapy many times before I drank plant medicine. And yes, it definitely helped me. And I do believe in therapy and I've still been into therapy after drinking plant medicines, but that alone was not enough to take me on that journey of, of, of breaking It doesn't give you the that. tools that it, psychedelics it, do. 
the, the, the psychedelics take you beyond the perspective which you see and most of the therapy which is based in the system still has the same perspective so it gives you a direct experience to experience something else. And I could see directly that my life was out of alignment. I could see the root cause of the addiction being a lack of unconditional love. And I could see that there was this whole world that was available to me that everyone, the media, the schools, the institutions, the jobs, the parents had been telling me a completely different narrative. And I saw a direct experience of a different narrative that felt more aligned. And P.S. I was not spiritual. I did not believe in any of this stuff. I just wanted to make the good money and then be able to retire and go to a beach and live my life. That's all I kind of was wanting to do with the company. It was just trying to to, to free myself from that system. And I didn't realize and recognize that it was other things available because it's so well hidden. Not so much, I think, the internet, the social media, or the connection with others, podcasts like this, there's, there's so much more available now that people are, it's more difficult to stay asleep. It's too noisy out there. It's too, there's too much noise to yeah. wake people up. But, the, you know, you mentioned with your, with your mom, I mean, my, my, dad, my dad died of COVID. I'm sorry and to hear that. My dad was the first wave that hit in New York. And, you know, ayahuasca got me out of religion. You know, I became spiritual. I'm not, I'm more athe- more towards atheistic than anything else, but I'm spiritual as, as, as I am myself. And after my dad died, it gave me the strength to make this. Hmm. That's why I made this podcast. It, it drove me crazy to think, there's so many people out there. But the issue is not the individual. The issue is the issue is the group. When you start having groups, that's when you have to start to have problems. But when you deal with a person individual it's not me saying this, this is George Carlin. When you have an individual, you learn so much more from them. You can see if you look carefully, you can see the universe from their own eyes. And that's what I that's honestly I don't care how long I live. That's honestly all I need. Beautiful. Yeah. Sorry to hear about your father passing, David. It's okay. It's hard. My dad was young. My dad was 63. He was an immigrant. Butchered through the system like every other immigrant that came in the 70s. But I know that there's a future that will not treat people like him. I know there's a future where people that are poor and don't have, they're not gonna be constrained. We'll live in a world with no homeless. Might not happen today, it's gonna happen. I believe it's gonna happen, it has to happen. Yeah. Without sick. The question always comes back. What are, what are, what are we planning for? And even if even if our plans don't go the way that we want them to, sometimes they don't. Is that a reason to give up? Or is that a reason to fight back harder? There's um well that's, you know, it's a, it's a bigger part of humanity. We we always evolve because there's a greater need to survive with every circumstance that comes along. You're right. Plan, you know, you can make plans. Life doesn't care about them. And, um, 
and things can change so so very rapidly in a short window of time that uh, everything you plan on just doesn't work out. But um, it doesn't mean that it never will. I think uh, I think that's one of the more beautiful things that uh, psychedelics has kind of uh, given me a, a part, a piece of like something I had as a child, which was the the carefreeness of outcome. Mm-hmm. Not being so attached to outcome, just kind of letting things be as they are, and that um, tomorrow can open new doors or close doors. But doesn't really. But that could be good too. Yeah. I mean, doesn't really uh, matter. Whatever it may be, but it's. I think the experience, whatever the substance may be, uh, has tremendous power to to help people so well you know what should our plans be it should be to continue educating i mean that's all you can do um things change slowly and as i become an older man in my life i have to have more acceptance that things change very slowly and that's okay maybe we can have uh, a more direct impact by having these conversations along the way as it may take decades to change a lot of people's minds and we could happen sooner but you'd never know because the work that we're doing the work that michael's doing people might be talking about this 150 years they might they might but the thing is is that in a way we're giving tools to be used, whatever means necessary. We're we're here to just, here, man. Here's the shit. <laughs> here's the bag. Take it as you please. Here's the instructions. Here's what you do. <laughs> Take what you want. <laughs> I think that's what's great about what you're doing in Peru is, what whatever the protocol you may have, like you've studied it for studied it for so long that, um, you you know like is every is every experience for your clients the same in terms of how you prepare for it when they come in, they check in um, the, the processes you put them through. Can you speak about that? Yeah, sure. Thanks for, thanks for asking that. And I'll just, just preface this with what I've talked about in terms of, of trauma informed care. And from my personal perspective, how having the level of care, which I'm about to describe for people undergoing this type of process with us. We look at our our plant medicine retreats, our ayahuasca healing evolution retreats, like an in-treatment program. So if someone was going to an addiction treatment program or they were going for some kind of suicidal program or whatever it may be, it's an in-treatment program. So the first thing that we do is we have an absolute massively in-depth preparation process, which firstly, if someone's interested in working with us, they'll just be able to get on the phone with us and just talk about it for free without even making any money or 
anything like that. Just like, we've got questions. Is this going to be beneficial for me? We prefer to give people all the information on the front end so that you can just really decide if this is what you want to do so that you're going into that with a clear mind process. This is what these plant medicines are going to do. This is what I can expect. This is how these can affect me. This is how these can benefit me. This can be the scary parts. This can be the difficult parts so people know what they're signing up for. So it's not just like, okay, I took this. I didn't know what was happening. You know, so we want to make sure we give, we front end load of information top end. You can find loads on our website. We have loads of videos of the podcast and stuff like that. We're going to put all of the, we're going to put all of this information in the description like we always do with fun little emojis and like (laughs) bold letters. Uh, I, you know, honestly, that that's kind of like the coolest thing ever because it's like, just call up and ask questions, you know? Yeah. I mean... Who can ask for something better than that? <laughs> it's awesome. I mean, it, it's a it's a serious commitment, especially if you're going to fly halfway across the world for this experience. You you should you know we would hope people would want to be that prepared before uh, making such a leap. Uh, but then you're going to encounter individuals who are so very eager. Uh, they're like, I got to get past this trauma, and it's like eating away at them that. Um, they may not want to ask any questions, but uh, it's good. You want to be diligent. It's it, it gives more uh, it gives more seriousness, a, a more serious tone to the topic and to the uh, to the teachings. It's not it's not a joke. Um, you know. We, um, sorry, I was just going. Please continue. go ahead. No, no, go ahead, please. This is this is just this is just the beginning. So even if people don't want to ask questions, we're for sure going to ask you a load. Yeah. So you're not going to get around any of the questions. And you'll find that when you go when you go to book and you go to pay a deposit down to our retreats, we have a super in depth health and wellness screening questionnaire that goes through past trauma, medications, um, different situations, um, mental, emotional, spiritual. Um, any medications that you're taking, pre-existing conditions, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, so that we have a full overview that so we can just say, hey, these are contraindicated with this. These medications, if you want to come down to us, you're going to need to stop taking this for X amount of weeks before you come for your own health, safety, and wellness. We'll go through that whole process. And when someone has then filled that form out, which is quite lengthy, then they'll come on a free um, preparation call with us where we'll go through an hour, 75-minute consultation with people going through people's individual questions. Once they're in that, they'll also have a group call with us. And then we're available for any questions along the way as you're kind of getting ready to prepare. Plus, then we have everything about what it's like to come to Peru, frequently asked questions, telling you how to provide which airport to get to you. And then all you have to do is get to the local airport and then we pick you up from there and we bring you to the retreat center. Oh, that's awesome. We're available 24-7. And before you take any plant medicines, we tell you exactly what plant medicine that you're going to be taking. Because we work with ayahuasca as one plant medicine, which we do for ayahuasca ceremonies. But we actually have eight additional plant medicines which are actually designed to clean the mind, body, and spirit, clean the stomach, clean the digestive system. So like mescaline? Like mescaline as an example? So it's like- We don't work. We don't work with mescaline. We work with with ayahuasca plus uh, eight plus non-psychoactive plant medicines. Now, here's the the interesting thing about plant medicines and the tradition which I've studied in, in the Neural lineage of Shipibo Corindurismo. There is the whole Amazon rainforest is a pharmacy of plant medicines. So for each specific condition or illness or, or, or trauma, there's a specific plant which will be able to treat that. So we'll be providing various different plant medicines in a personalized program for each person's specific conditions based upon the, the health and wellness screening questionnaire and also the diagnostic ceremonies, which we do, which we work with spirit to help people heal and evolve. So we take people through that whole process 
We have channeled workshop, one-on-one sessions. We have uh, group workshops, sharing integration circles, a whole plan of audio recorded curriculum, which we audio record each workshop, each lecture, each teaching and training, because we work with groups of people and just four people. So each ayahuasca retreat is just four people. So it's a very, very specialized retreat, which means the content that comes through for each retreat is completely unique. Then people have this to take home and integrate Whilst we work with different healing evolution sessions, uh, Qigong, meditation, uh, and, and other approaches which help plant the seeds and impart tools which help people to change their life on a real substantial basis when they go home. And then after the retreat, if you don't want to stay on longer, you can come and visit Machu Picchu and do some of the Incan ruins and whatever you want to do. But whenever you decide to go home, then you have your own personalized, included in the price of the retreat. You have your own personalized integration session with us one-on-one. Then we do free monthly integration sessions for everyone who's worked with us either online and our online trauma healing sessions or channeling sessions or intuitive readings or participate in any of our retreats. You can join an integration session or circle anytime once a month. And that's completely, you don't have to pay for that. But if you do want to continue working with us and you're like, okay, I really want to keep going deeper than, than we work with people one-on-one at home. So what we really see is people coming down for here for us to, uh, 10 days is kind of like a crescendo of a healing and evolution process that we're there from the start and for as long as you want afterwards. But these are planting seeds that will help change and transform your life. We're not looking for people to have plant medicine experiences alone. We're here to help facilitate people to have plant medicine experiences, which will transform into life changes. And that's the work that we're about. It's crazy because no pharmacy, big pharma, would ever, ever tell you all of this before you would show up. There'd be like, there's a paper, there's a knife, and there's a doctor. Just sign. Don't worry. <laughs> if you die, we'll make sure your cemetery is paid for. We promise. Paid by five yeah. Anyway, uh, it's, I mean... <sighs> Come on, Mike. I mean, come on. This 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 is really cool. I mean, it's like it's customized not only for you, not only like for the experience, but it's like the whole program itself is like literally, yeah, just designed around you. I think it's very unique, man. It's um, and the I mean, I want to say the purpose is so uh, is so righteous. So I, I wish you all the best, man. It's it's really good work and really incredible the system you've put together. How many years until uh, you were able to open up the um, the retreat? Like how long did it take you to cultivate the information, the wisdom, the ceremonies, the concoctions of the actual medicines? Yeah, for sure. Well. I've been drinking ayahuasca and studying with plant medicines since 2016. Uh, A lot of that period of time has been isolated in the jungle with my indigenous teachers, uh, training, learning about the indigenous plant medicines. That's one aspect. The other aspect of the training is dealing from sexual, ritual, violent abuse as a child. Um, All of those aforementioned symptoms of depression and suicidal ideation that were healed with plant medicines, learning how to transform in that process myself. And then through years of working with people in trauma healing sessions and channeling sessions online. So it's a whole, it's a whole concoction, as you would say, of different trainings of life experiences of indigenous trainings, multidimensional trainings, working directly with the plants. And what really I, I'm probably one of the most passionate things that we have about our retreats is, and I think that this is fairly unique is that 
we frame the work that you come to work with us at Casa Galactica, work with the ayahuasca and other plant medicines and the channel teachings that come through us. The whole intention is for you to heal and evolve, but to recognize that the power is within your own consciousness. So on some level, there is an intention that if you come to us and never take another plant medicine again, our aim is that we will have imparted with the, with the plant spirits, with the multidimensional beings, the recognition that you can access all of this in your own consciousness without needing to take another plant medicine if you want to. That's our aim is for people to go away with all of their tools that they need to begin to communicate with spirit, access their higher self, begin to heal trauma, recognize trauma within their body without the need for these additional plant medicines. Now, of course, you can continue coming and working with us and go deeper and deeper and deeper. But there's, you know, when you go, like we talk about pharma and and other, in some cases, other healers in, in some situations where there's the benefit and the profit in keeping someone sick, and just if you look at like the church or whatever it is that needs that that middleman between you and God, the middleman between you and your healing, what we what our our sole aim is to remove that middleman from your own healing process and help you remember that you've already got that within your own consciousness, everything that you need. So it would be our absolute joy if you never needed to speak to us again. That would be the most yeah amazing yeah. I mean, one thing again, you know. I don't always like going this direction, but sometimes it can be really helpful for listeners. When you look at a cost for a program like this, I'm assuming it's not something that would be very cheap, but you know, would you say even though, that, for example, if you had a high cost, the what you would achieve and what you would gain from this type of experience of how much time you could save yourself from all the co-payments, the medications, the doctor's appointments, all of it. I mean, plus you got to consider the fact that um, the substantial growth you would gain in such a short period of time going through this program um, could easily um, double, triple, quadruple your productivity in life where you can make that back in no time. Your, your investment is well, well paid for and beyond from something if we were just to take that factor. But um, it's priceless when, when you try to think about the, the, um, the overall wellness, like being content, being emotionally and, and, and physically just, uh, very, um, very content. It's, it's not something that comes easily. So some people would pay a fortune for that. I mean, unnamed yeah. amount, but, uh, the specific, specifically to what you were saying, Michael, like, so about, so about six years 2016 to present that's like uh how deeply you've been involved with um with the plants uh, with the work that you're doing uh, a random question came into my mind i said well you know how would one go into the jungle and find indigenous people and ask them to teach you these methods like how did that happen yeah um just to just to quickly touch on the on the previous comment and then i'll jump straight into that i think the programs that we we provide in our opinion are highly highly effective at changing and transforming people's lives 
when people are committed to it, when people are prepared to do the work, if you're not prepared to do the work, don't come because you'll waste your money. It's not going to be just the magic answer. You're going to get on a plane, you're going to sit here and then it's all the answers are going to come. You have to have a, you have to have an intention that you want to heal and evolve. That's why we call it a multidimensional center for healing and evolution. But if you have that intention, if you feel, and you know, something in your life is, is there's a potential to change, to live a more happy, healthy life, or if you're fed up with the suffering and you want something different, you notice something more available to you, that investment can, like we say, we do our best to impart everything in those 10 days, which will last you the next 10 years. And, and like you say, like if you look at the cost of therapy, the, the extension of life by the fact that you'll change and live a more aligned life, that you'll be happier and healthier and, and be more productive, like you said, that's all completely possible. But the only thing that, you, that the question is out to any listeners who are interested is, do you feel like you want to invest that in yourself? Are you able to invest that in yourself? And I also want to just make it super, super clear to people out there, because I know there are people who will be listening who perhaps are not able to afford that or are just thinking like, oh my God, this is, this is the only thing. Whatever your intention for healing and evolution, know that there are things available for you here and now whether it be a free support group, whether it be a counseling session, whether it be a friend that you can call upon and just taking those steps towards that and trust that the universe will meet you. So if you can't afford or you don't have these plant medicines available to you, they're just one tool. We work with people in online when we don't, who are not able to work with us in plant medicines and we have so much of the content available, et cetera, et cetera. And there's so much around there. So just trust that if you want to heal and evolve, there are things out there and just, just look. Just begin to look, begin to ask that question, to begin to bring that intention into your heart and just look and, and the universe will meet you there. There's different now, ways. Truth be told, you're right. There's different ways of healing. And that means that if you can't afford, you're right. I mean, having friends, a support group, there are ways of us healing. You see, we, we like excuses. One thing about humans, we love excuses. I don't want to go. It's too far. I have to do it again? We're just lazy sons of bitches. That's what we are. We're just lazy sons of bitches. But if we take the time and the energy to give a shit about ourselves, that's what it is, is do you give a shit about yourself? Do you want, do you want to, do you want to be 80 years old and can't fucking walk and stuck on Medicare? Do you want to be one of those people? A lot of people don't. Most people do not want to be one of those people. You got to make the choices in your life that you don't end up like that. Self care. Yeah. To um to move on to the other question, Mike. There are many ways that you can go uh, and study. Uh, with indigenous people in the jungle, like I've done, you can you can do a search. You can find different centers that offer these different trainings and, and different works, and you can have a direct experience of being in the jungle and, and learning from indigenous traditions that we have done, and it's been fantastic and it's been absolutely amazing. The work that we offer, what I would say, and what our catchment is to people, are people who have a affinity to working with people who want to help catalyze and empower your healing a lot of traditions and not all but a lot of traditions across time they keep knowledge within them and they're only accessible to a certain number of people a certain type of people a certain race or gender etc etc now what we aim to do here is cut out the middleman and also recognizing that we are middlemen and women 
in this sense. We want to cut that out and recognize that you can communicate with plant spirits yourself. You can learn to communicate and heal with plant spirits yourself. You can learn to heal yourself and to go back to the previous question in terms of the price that you want to put on terms of your own healing, the recognition that you don't need to go to someone else to heal because you recognize that you can heal yourself. I think that that's the really important information. And that's what we try to do as much as possible is to empower people. And again, we actually encourage people, if you feel like you want to go and study and train and, and heal with indigenous healers in the jungle, please, by all means, go and find someone that, that does that. We have done that in the past, but now we've just recognized that our own branch of medicine that comes through us it, it's so encompassing and incorporating of trauma-informed care taking into consideration that people are heavily addicted taking to, into consideration that people are so wound up in the psyche of the western world that the framing the set and the setting of the experience with ayahuasca is important to be able to help unpackage that and turn that perhaps confusing experience into something that that is meaningful within one's life that can actually help facilitate the change for the intention of why you've come here so we're not for everybody but for the people who connect with us we're absolutely guaranteeing that we're a fit for you because when people fit with us and when we fit with them it's it's in our experience it's magic because we love working with people that actually just think these are where we want to work this is where we want to go and learn from i believe what these guys say these seem like integrity they're in, they look like they're safe they look like they've got our best intentions at heart and when people come there with whatever trauma it may be we just put our hearts and souls to helping people heal and evolve uh before we leave off what do you think what do you think is the most important thing you'd want to leave with our listeners today I would just say, if you resonate with anything that I've shared, check out our website, casagalactica.com. And we can just immediately just help you heal and evolve straight away because you can sign up to our community mailing list. And if you do that, you're going to get in your inbox a free guidebook to help you strengthen your intuition. And we've just decided to give away a five-hour uh, workshop that we did for the fundamentals of healing trauma, which what we were just saying back to, if you even if you're just sitting there without any money, able to spend a single dime on anything you check to the website and i guarantee you that the content that will provide to you directly into your inbox will give you some next steps that will give you some empowering next steps to help make change in your life so i'd say check out the website casagalactica.com go and do that and then also just pay attention and awareness to wherever you are in the world and it's it's a difficult thing for us to do sometimes to admit that perhaps we need help or that we might benefit from help. If you can just set, even just for a little moment, the ego to one side that pretends, pretends that you can do this all on your own, just look to where it is in your community, to it's a friend, to a family member, to a support group, to a 12-step meeting, to a whatever meeting it might be, whatever your intention, I don't care what your intention is, just ask yourself, if I need help, can I start asking for that? And just watch how that might manifest in your life. And, and then the third thing I would just say, recognize that you're able to help people too. 
recognize that in that reciprocity, if I even said the word right, or the giving back, I would just keep it simple. Just recognize how valuable you are. And even if you don't feel like you've got something to offer the world, even if you're, if you feel like you're down and out for any reason, just recognize that your own set of circumstances, your life experiences, the very fact that you're incarnated on earth at this moment in time means that you have something to give and it doesn't need to cost you to give anything. So ask yourself, where can I be of value to other people in that process? And I think that's when we start recognizing that we can use for help from other people and we can begin to lend a hand to others. I think that that's when we start to break down the barriers. We, we, we start to break down the barriers that these institutions, that the governments, that the politicians might put up to give these illusionary barriers between each other. But this grassroots movement, pun intended, for this program will be able to start transforming the way that we integrate and evolve together as a society. The more that we can begin to recognize that everything we need is here right now, the more that we can look out to our immediate family members in our community and the more that we can actively contribute to that, I, I think that the future is actually which, way more bright than we might even imagine. Yeah. Mike, do you, do you have anything you want to leave off? No, not at all. It's, it's a good message, man. It's a positive one. So I, I appreciate that, it. This is the free... Thank you, Michael, for being on the show. And uh, if I'm not too stoned or fucked up next week, we'll see you. Hopefully. Eventually. I don't know. We'll find out. All right. We have reached the end. Well, not really. It's just the end of the podcast. We really appreciate your support, listening, and our guests that come on that share their incredible stories be sure to check out our description box. We have social links where you can find us all over the place. And also our other podcast, Jam Bam with Mike and Dave. So here's to next week on Lost in the Groove. <laughs>